Amen. Thank you, Jackie. I want to sing like that when I grow up. Man, I tell you, but a beautiful voice and choir. Great job this morning. Enjoyed that. So this morning is the first Sunday in Advent. We lit the candle of hope. It's the coming of Christ. We're anticipating him. This is our season of that. All the glitter and all the lights and all the decorations and all those things that all we go that tend to distract us sometimes from what's really important. And that's the celebration of this season. We have to understand that nothing that happened 2,000 plus years ago was by chance. It has definitely been, was planned out every bit all the way along. It was orchestrated and planned by God. Everything about this occurrence was to show us hope. And we, without hope, are doomed. We have got to have hope. Hope is that word that we're going to use today. It's the first candle. It's Advent. Hope makes us watch the football game all the way till the end, hoping that maybe they're going to pull it out. Hope has us watch those sappy Christmas movies to see how they're going to finally work out all their differences at the end. Hope is why we spend so much money on education and children to see them have a better life. We want our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren to enjoy a life that's better. Hope gives us the courage to ask that special someone spend the rest of their life with us. Hope makes us deal with a lot of issues, <laughs> thinking that maybe things will work out better this next time. We all have things like that. It comes. It keeps us trying. It helps us to never give up. The passage of scripture I'm reading this morning is a little different for <laughs> those that have already looked it up. We're in chapter 1 of Matthew. Matthew was about the prophecy. He, his whole, the whole book of Matthew is ready about the prophecy of Christ and who Christ is. And, and I hate to ask you to stand, but I'm going to ask you to stand as we read God's word, even though we're going to read chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Sarah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Abinadab. Abinadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salom. Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Ruth. I mean, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. The father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. I'm sorry, I need to... I kind of skip things around. I got my, my tongue twisted and my eyes went too far down. So I'm going to run that one by one more time because this is kind of the important part. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, 
Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, Josiah the father of Jehoiakim, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheltiel, Sheltiel was the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, you love these names, I'm going to name great-grandchildren, Abiud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zodok, Zodok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eluid, Eluid the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom the bo was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now you'll not hear a lot of sermons on that passage of scripture mainly because it's a lot of words that we can hardly pronounce and a lot of names we've never heard of. But as we think about this, we need to think about there's a lot of people. Christmas can be sometimes a little depressing, especially for those who have lost loved ones or friends during this time. And it may not, it, sometimes it brings a lot of stress, you know, to find the perfect gifts, to find that special meal time, to get the decorations just right. We were blessed this week. One of Santa's helpers came to our house to take pictures of a friend of ours' family. So Santa came to our house, kind of, and, and we're going to take all these pictures. And my wife is using, our house was decorated. That's why they came to our house. But about a few days before he was actually supposed to come, she started to panic. Because what if the decorations aren't just right? What if my tree doesn't look like it should? What if, what if, what, right? I'm sure none of you all ever do that. My wife will stress about the decorations. They've got to all be just right. And we spend many moons setting them up. I can't tell you how many boxes came up from the basement of Christmas decorations. They are very important to her, and she wants things to look just right. And then when she knew people were going to take pictures at, in our house, all of a sudden the panic kind of washed over her like what if it's not good enough hope was not there for her at that point the scripture passage that I just read um, I want us to focus on it's even though it's a little strange to some names there are four women mentioned in the lineage of Jesus now while you may think well there should have been a whole lot more there were a lot more women involved right we all know this however in the days of the bible written and all the, the hate to say it women you didn't count it was all about the guy if you'll even notice all the way down to joseph it's the lineages of joseph well if you want to be technical joseph didn't really have a whole lot to do with it other than his name yet in the Jewish tradition, in those 
the husband, the father's name is what was important, thus making him legitimately in the lineage of King David, which fulfilled what? The prophecy of the scripture, which is what, what Matthew was really interested in letting people know about was the prophecy of who Jesus was. And so with that prophecy being made, he wanted to make sure you understood he came from the lineage of David. So if there were four women named, this is unusual and highly irregular, but it's so important for us to look at. The first woman that was named was a woman by the name of Tamar. Now many of you are Bible scholars and know exactly who she was and all the story. Some of you may or may not know. I will refresh your memory. Judah, tribe of Judah, who was named after one of the sons of Isaac, Judah, okay? Judah, not Isaac, I, did I say Jacob, thank you, West. I just said I say things that just fly out sometimes. Isaac had two kids, Esau and Jacob. Jacob is the one, even though he was not the firstborn, he was the one that ended up being used, right? Okay, so here we go. I'm okay. I do know the story, I just sometimes things out sometimes. Anyway, Judah had a son, and he married Tamar. They had no children, and he died. So he, in the tradition, she was to marry the next son, which she did, but he was not a very nice guy and did not want to have children by her and didn't. He died. There was a third son. This third son was a little bit younger, wasn't quite of age to get married. So she was to stay in mourning kind of until that happened. She got impatient. And she wasn't sure Judah was going to follow through and if it was all going to happen. With all that, she decided to <clears throat> pretend she was a prostitute in some other town and covered her face with a veil and looked that way. And Judah came through and she has twins from Judah. Basically her father-in-law. Basically, an ancestral relationship. Basically, he didn't know, found out twins. Funny side story with that. As she was having these twins, one arm came out first. And because the arm came out, they tied a red scarlet thread. And the arm came back in, and the other child was born first. Um, it was um, his brother, um, Zerah, Zerah. But Perez was actually the firstborn. But, so Perez is in there. Now... Tamar is mentioned, and with that kind of sordid background, I find very interesting to be in the lineage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then you look at the second woman mentioned, Rahab. We all know, it's pretty much written in there, Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. And some certain spies came, and then she hid them for them. She actually lied to her own people to hide these spies so that these spies would live. And she asked them if they would find a way to save her when Jericho fell. And they did. They followed through on it. So much so that Rahab ended up marrying Solomon and had a man by the name of Boaz. So her past wasn't exactly stellar. Wouldn't have been one of those you'd want to bring home to mama, right? So then we have Boaz, 
which we happen to remember the story of Ruth. There's a whole book of the Bible about Ruth. Remember, Ruth was a Moabite. She had married one of Naomi's sons, and he died. Matter of fact, her, her sister had also married one of Naomi's sons, and he also died. And so they decided to come back. One of the sisters decided not to go, but Ruth says, where your people are, my people. We have that famous thing, we even say it in weddings, that your people are my people, and, and I'm going to follow you, and wherever you go, I'm going. And so that's what she did. So here's Mo, here is Ruth going back to this town, and she sees this man, Boaz, who was, happened to be nice and was letting them glean extra stuff for the field. And so she courted and ended up winning over Boaz and ended up marrying Boaz. They had a child. Who was their child? Obed. Who was their son? Jesse. Who was his son? David. King David. The one that they all still talk about. They're still waiting for King David to come back. They were hoping Jesus was going to be like King David. Well, if you remember, David wasn't always the perfect person either. And he was on the roof one day, was looking out and saw this woman having a bath on a roof next door, decided he liked her, brought her over to his house when he should have been at war. Her, her name happened to be Bathsheba, who they didn't mention by name, but said was the wife of Uriah, who Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah. And if you remember, because he wouldn't come back home and stay at home, he put him on the front front line so that he would be killed and sure enough Uriah was killed in battle and so he could marry Bathsheba the child that they were expecting we know died but then the next child that came was Solomon King Solomon one of the wisest kings they ever knew ever said so King Solomon so Solomon came from that so Bathsheba was the next woman mentioned These folks had all dealt with a lot of heartache. They had dealt with a lot of pain, and they didn't exactly have the greatest past, did they? I look at this, and I'm, I am just flabbergasted. Number one, we're talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, His lineage. We are talking about people that we respect and honor and that we study about in the Bible, and they were not perfect. Jesus Christ was, but His lineage surely wasn't. They had all kinds of characters in this group. Several of the last names I even mentioned, you know, um, Eliud, Akim, um, Zodok, Zodok. There's no other mention of them anywhere. Who's ever heard of them? We know nothing about them. But you know, I can mention some names. Clemen Downs, Doug Smith. Lee Royal, Delbert Parton, David Bowes, Nettie Joe Harris. None of you have a clue who any of those names are, but they were extremely important in my life. They were people that had great influence on me. They were people that I highly respected. Clement Downs was my voice teacher in college, and he taught me so much about different ways of looking at things and how to even teach some voice and those kind of things. 
Then Joe Harris was our youth director, kind of a volunteer person when I was in high school. Turned my life around. David Bowes was my first pastor out of seminary. He was the one that really taught me about ministry. He taught me a lot about things and how to, it got me on the start and was my mentor for years long after I served with him. Those are the people that are, are important. Lee Royal was one of my childhood friends and just was one of those people that meant a lot to me. Those people are people that, that changed my life and helped make me who I am today. And my guess is so are those names that we don't have a clue what they did, but they influenced somebody somewhere along the way. My guess is many names in this room are people used as people that have influenced their lives over the years. We don't like to think that way sometimes, but we look around and there are people that we know that influenced our lives and changed who we are. So, so what am I trying to get at when I look at all this, these names and we talk about lineage and people's sordid pasts and all that? The Christmas season brings out hope in an unusual way. It comes from unusual places. We think about the places that we find hope when there shouldn't be any hope. Sometimes in the darkest times there should be no hope. We have a group of people here, and I mentioned the women because most of them had different paths and apparently they were so important that the Bible felt that they needed to be mentioned out loud in the lineage of Jesus. We have to understand that Jesus came not for just the Jews. The Jewish people did not think that was the case necessarily at first. But when you look at his lineage, there are some non-Jewish people in his lineage. Matter of fact, we know at least three of those women were not Jewish. Tamar, we don't know one way or the other that much, but we know she was kind of a scoundrel, the way she worked things. But you see... As I mentioned it before, God has a certain plan, and he carries it out and uses some of the strangest characters and things. He does it to us. He uses some of us strange characters to use and carry about his will and his work. And I want us to realize that we've all got sordid pasts. There's all of us have something in our past we don't like and don't want to say out loud. All of us have some little thing, maybe little thing, maybe huge thing. We don't know, but I do know this. There are some things that we have in our past we won't say out loud. We don't want people to know about, and yet God can still use us. And we forget that on so many cases. We think that, oh, but no, you don't know. I'm the, Folks, if he can use Tamar, and he can use Bathsheba, and he can use Rahab, and he can use R Ruth... He can use anybody. If he can use King David, if he can use Solomon, he can, I mean, folks, you can go down the list. They all had their issues. All of them. All the way down the line. That's what's so cool about them. They could use the Bible and come up with some of the wildest shows that, that, that would just rival any of the stuff we see on TV. I'm not kidding. I mean, if you really read the Bible, there's some, there's some, what? You know? I mean, well, I have to watch how I say Tamar's story. 
I'll be honest. I mean, I, I can't say it exactly. I mean, folks, that stuff that's, where that, that, that's R and X-rated movie stuff. It really is. And there's a lot of it all throughout. Why? Because God used these imperfect people that did all kinds of crazy things that showed us that, guess what? Your past isn't what's important. What is your dedication, your willingness to do as I say is what's important. God uses terrible things that have happened in our lives that all of a sudden can turn them around for the good. People that have gone through difficult things, things that they don't like to repeat or say, can use that to help someone else so that they may not go through it. All of you have been through grief and things that have just torn you apart. God can use that to help others as they're going through those same exact things. We look around and go, what? How is it possible? Christ's genealogy tells us it's all possible. Anything. It don't matter. That's a what that's what's different about this. That's what's different about the relationship we have with Christ. It's because he takes us, as they say, warts and all, and uses us for his glory and his good and his kingdom. And we have got to understand that that is why we have hope. No matter what, God still has us in his hand. No matter what, he loves us enough to show us a way to salvation. He loved us so much that he let his perfect, gorgeous, glorious son die on a cross so that we could live. That's the glory and the hope of Christmas. That's why we study this. That's why I read all those crazy names, because all those names meant something to somebody. And it should mean something to all of us, because that is where the lineage of Jesus came from. That's how we can see the prophecy of the Scripture, all the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament, in Christ's coming and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. What a glorious Savior we serve. Our God is God of details and all things working out. He brought all these people to bring us salvation. And if that isn't hope, I don't know what is. That's the hope that our Savior brought us. Oh my. We have much to celebrate this season. We say Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, there's no truer words ever spoken. That's why we celebrate. That's why we light candles. It's why we decorate and buy gifts and do all those things that we do at Christmas. We just have to remember that the hope that Jesus brings us is why we are here and can give us a chance to smile even when things go crazy even when we mess up, even when we don't do what we know we should do. That's the God we serve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. and We thank you for hope. Without you, there is no hope. With you, all things are possible. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. 
Thank you for your grace, mercy, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. This is our time of invitation. We invite you to come if you would like to make a decision, whether it be to accept Christ as your Savior, if you've never really experienced that joy of salvation. If you would like to unite with Forest Heights, we would love to have you as part of this fellowship. There may be other decisions you need to make. We invite you to come as we stand.